You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 152. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 152. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello! Hello, Supermoms! It has been a long time since we have chatted through these airwaves, this podcasting medium. I have sort of disappeared. For those of you who may not have noticed, I am pretty consistent. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. I ooze responsibility out of my pores. I do not like to let people down or be flaky or I've had to learn that. That's I've actually gotten much better about uh, dropping the ball sometimes and strategic slacking and occasionally prioritizing myself. And so for the last month, that is what I've been doing. I have been just doing what I wanted to do. And it's me kind of taking my own life coaching suggestions. And I'm, I, with my clients, I'm always encouraging them to do what lights them up and do what they feel like doing. Because I truly believe that the world is a better place when we just follow our muse and our passions and our bliss. It puts us in a better state. We affect people in a better way. We're a more positive influence on the world. And so I've been doing that. And it was scary. I have to admit it. I felt very uncomfortable for many days. The universe speaks to us. Our higher selves know what we're doing. (laughs) So if we just listen and obey, then it'll lead us in a new direction that's right for us, even if we might not intellectually know where that is going. It's a lot of trust. So that's what I've been doing. I've been trusting my inner compass and I haven't been in the mood to do a podcast. And so I didn't. It was scary, I think, because I didn't know if like, am I ever going to feel like doing another podcast? Is Should I stop? Should I just close down? Supermom's getting tired and call it complete. And that kind of made me a little scared. I didn't know what or where or why or I don't know. It was some unknown, some not knowing that uh, I had to just sort of lean into. And then the other day, I was out on my paddleboard, and this whole podcast just came to me. I had received a question, and uh, the answer came to me on an hour-long paddleboard on the lake. <laughs> so I get, I said, "Oh, I guess I'm back in the podcasting business. I guess I will." continue and record and answer this because I felt called to. I had the interest, the curiosity, and the energy to do it. So I'm really trying to let my left brain take a back seat and learn to trust my right brain is leading me in the right directions for me. So today we are talking about feeling bad all the time about everything. And I just thought this was such a good question. And it comes from Annika. Annika writes, Dear Tori, 
you asked me on the coaching call, we'd had like one of the free discovery calls. She said, on the coaching call, you asked me, what area of my life is causing me the least satisfaction? I've given it some thought and I realized it's not just one area. I feel bad all the time about everything. My parents want to have more time with my kids. They would love to see them every day, but we live too far away for that to be possible. I feel bad about that. I want my kids to have a close relationship with their grandparents, so I feel bad for my kids like it's my fault that they can't see their grandparents more often. I feel bad that I didn't send my kids to sleepaway camp. I loved going to camp as a kid, but they didn't seem interested, and I couldn't find anyone else who wanted to go do it. I feel bad that I want a week without them and none of the other moms seem ready to let go of their kids. But then I also feel bad that my kids are stuck at home this summer watching too much TV. I feel bad missing my daughter's dance showcase. But if I go, I have to miss work again. And then I'll feel bad about missing work. Then I feel bad for not having my shit together like other moms who manage to balance both. I feel bad for having a partner who helps out so much when there are single moms out there doing this on their own. I feel bad that the kids sometimes prefer being with their dad than their mom. I feel bad complaining about my kids' picky eating when other moms are worried about serious issues like diabetes. Do you see what I mean, Tori? How do I stop feeling bad so I can feel better about everything? Okay, Annika, this is such a good question. So I'm going to start with the parent educator answer. And first, I just want to say it it is exhausting to constantly feel bad about things that you don't have control over. This is a huge supermom kryptonite. So let's undo this toxic social conditioning ASAP because that is definitely where it is coming from. This is programming from family, culture, religion, the media, you name it. This is where it comes from. So I think it would be good to start by unpacking what it means when you say, I feel bad. You know, one of the things I like to do in the beginning of a coaching call when clients come to me is to help them clarify and define their emotion. I think it's just a very nice, respectful thing that we can do to ourselves. Like, what is it exactly I'm feeling? Because bad is sort of a catch-all, which just sort of means it's a negative emotion, right? It's not a pleasant one. So when trying to define an emotion, remember that emotions are one word. Most people, when asked to define feeling bad, say that it's closest to feeling guilty. I feel low energy, I feel negative, I feel heavy, and it feels similar to guilt. Well, the purpose of guilt is to help us identify something we've done wrong so that we can apologize, make amends, ask for forgiveness, and then not make the same choice again in the future. Feeling guilty feels uncomfortable and so that it will motivate us to do what we can to alleviate this discomfort and then go back to feeling good again. It's designed to be a temporary emotion, not a permanent state of being, right? It's there temporarily until we can ask for forgiveness, until we can right wrongs. Guilt is an important emotion. And it's designed to help us preserve our relationships. So let's take an example. Let's say that you miss work to go to your daughter's showcase every week. Your boss starts to question your commitment to the job. She asks if you need to readjust the schedule to accommodate your time off. 
Your coworkers are put off that they have to cover for you while you're gone. You start to feel guilty. You don't like this guilty feeling. So you decide you're going to miss the next showcase and go to work instead. The guilt goes away because now you're at work. But then you maybe you miss the next four showcases of your daughter's dancing and you start to feel guilty about not attending her recent performances. So then you might choose the showcase over work, but you don't feel guilty this time because you're more imbalanced, right? You have figured out how to balance both in a way that doesn't make you feel guilty. This is how we use guilt to guide us towards preserving our relationships with our kids as well as our boss and our coworkers. So guilt is not a negative emotion. There's no such thing as really a bad emotion. It serves a purpose. The problem is that so many of us feel bad or guilty when we haven't actually done anything wrong. Is it wrong that you live far away from your parents? No, that's not morally wrong culturally, there might be people that would disagree with that, but you haven't done anything morally wrong, okay? Is it wrong that you value sleepaway camp more than other moms? No, not at all. Is it wrong that you have a helpful partner? Of course not. Is it wrong that you get frustrated by your kids picky eating? Not at all. We're all get frustrated with all sorts of things. We don't really have words to explain this false guilt, this like feeling bad for no reason or feeling guilty for just existing and being yourself and having a full, rich life. (laughs) There's not really words. So I'm going to offer two new definitions to explain these common feelings. Okay. So I'm going to introduce some new words so that we can better clarify this emotion. Number one, is called a projection reflection. This is when you imagine someone else's suffering and then you feel a negative emotion because of this imagined suffering. You're projecting and then it's reflecting back on you. For example, you might be imagining that your parents are sitting home on a Saturday afternoon, sad and lonely, wishing they could be with their grandkids. Then you start feeling bad, quote unquote, because of this sad image that you've created in your mind, where in reality, they might be out having fun, or maybe they're just enjoying the peace of quiet of the Saturday afternoon. But in your mind, you picture them sad and suffering. And so then your body starts to experience a negative physical feeling in reaction to your projection. Your mind projects suffering and then you feel suffering as the reflection of that. That is my first new definition, projection reflection. The second one, I'm going to call a poke. A poke is when someone disagrees with us, our decisions, our values. I'm going to call it a poke because sometimes in life we get poked. Nobody likes being poked. It's not a comfortable feeling. Sometimes it's annoying. Other times it actually hurts, but it's harmless. And it's just something we have to live with and not give it much attention. For example, you're talking on the phone with your mom and she says, Oh, I wish I could see the kids this weekend. 
why did you have to move so far away? I don't get enough time with them. I just want to give them a hug. Your first reaction might be to feel guilty, but then you examine your guilt and you realize you haven't done anything wrong. You like living a few hours away from your mother. You enjoy having some space and distance between you. There's nothing wrong with this. I'm calling it a poke because your mom has expressed different values and desires than yours. She wishes she could hug the kids. She can't. You live far away. It's just a poke. She poked you with her desire and her values. And it's that reminder that we're not all the same and that not everybody in the world is going to support our decisions. It's annoying. It doesn't feel comfortable, but it's just a poke. It's just her sharing her opinions with you. You want to send your kids to sleepaway camp. Your friend says something like, aren't they a little young for that? Or, oh, I would miss my kids too much if they were gone for two weeks this summer. Or, must be nice to be able to afford sleepaway camp. It's way too expensive for our family. These are pokes. Other people's values are different from yours. This is not a problem. It's just a reminder that we value different things. And as much as we'd like everyone in the world to support our decisions and agree with us, it's just not realistic. Now we're going to move on to the life coaching answer, right? So we've got some new words <laughs> to talk about these feelings and feeling bad all the time. We've got the projection, reflection, we've got the poke. Well, so now we want to talk about how do we feel better about everything? At the root of feeling bad all the time about everything is a general feeling of unworthiness. I've talked to many people over the years and almost every single person I've talked to has some sense of unworthiness. And this just comes up from our culture, right? Sometimes our culture teaches us that experiencing the best things in life is selfish. We learn to become uncomfortable with joy, happiness, well-being, contentment. We can feel uneasy when we've got a lot of wealth, health, abundance, and love. Our brain starts worrying about, well, what if the other shoe drops and something's going to take it away from me and I don't deserve it? We just grow up, and some of us in a culture that makes us feel bad for having everything be really good, where we start to become more comfortable with feeling bad than we do feeling joyful and blissful and loving and positive. Is this because advertisements use our insecurities to sell their products? Maybe. Feeling bad? Drink this soda pop and then you'll be happy and healthy. Is it because our friends in middle school would pull us down a notch whenever we're feeling too smart, too pretty, too talented, or too confident? I don't know. Is this from our pharmaceutical commercials on TV saying, oh no, are you feeling a negative emotion? Well, take a pill and make it go away. I don't know where it comes from, but I can tell you it is pervasive. Feeling bad keeps us small and meek. When we feel bad, we don't dream big. When 
we're worrying about other people's reactions. It makes us scared to follow our own inner muse, to follow our own joy, our own bliss, when we're worried about what other people are going to think. We don't go after what we want in life when we're worried about other people's values poking us and keeping us in our place. And we suffer that projection reflection. We start suffering, imagining that their suffering makes us suffer. Feeling bad is toxic and we need to get over it ASAP because it does not help the world. I care deeply about others. I have a big heart (laughs) and a very empathetic. And so I thought that the way to show that I care so deeply was to feel bad. Like this is how I grew up was somehow I picked up the message that because I care, I need to feel bad for others. So I would hear a message like people are starving in Africa, so you better eat your lima beans. But I didn't understand the connection, but I did learn that a good person feels bad for the starving people. When I would see someone in a wheelchair, I would suddenly feel guilty for having legs. I thought that somehow (laughs) feeling bad was going to like helping them or helping the world or making me not feel it was like the opposite of being selfish. I was somehow caring and being unselfish because I felt bad for people. So somehow the message of like feeling grateful for my legs got turned into feeling guilty and unworthy and undeserving of the privileges that I was having and, and receiving. But if we wait for everyone else to be free from suffering, we're never going to be happy because there's always going to be suffering in the world. How can we celebrate the 4th of July when the war of Ukraine is still rages? How can we enjoy our independence when other people don't have it? (laughs) Somebody somewhere is always going to be suffering. And so when would we ever be able to be happy and loving and appreciate our good fortune? The turning point for me was realizing that feeling bad did not encourage good productive action. This bad emotion doesn't drive good behavior. And what the world needs is good productive action. The world does not benefit when I feel bad for people who are suffering. When I hear about what it's like to have a child with diabetes, my heart goes out to these parents that are having to manage their child's blood sugar levels. It sounds stressful and scary my body starts to react with a negative emotion about how just scary and unnerving it must be on a daily basis. My stomach clenches. I pull in, like curl into a ball. I tell myself that I'm bad for complaining about my own kids' picky eating. I withdraw. This does not help the world. This doesn't help moms dealing with diabetes. Feeling bad makes me pull in. Withdrawal, it doesn't help me reach out to them. This projection reflection, I'm imagining that they're suffering and then I'm suffering as a consequence. It does not motivate me to offer helping hand. I've got no energy. I'm too tired, feeling bad all the time. I can't help. I can't donate to charities, offer to pay for medicine because our insurance doesn't cover it. I don't make calls to the or senators telling them they need to change that policy. Or It makes me feel small, unworthy, inadequate, and not good enough when I feel bad for people. 
And even if I do reach out to like help, I still feel like it's not enough because I'm doing it from my negative emotion. And so then I, let's say I donate to a charity, but negative emotions go away. And so I'm imagining they're suffering. So therefore I suffer right along with them. And so when you realize that feeling bad does not make you a good person, in fact, it robs you of the emotion and energy required to take positive action, then it's time to let it go. When feeling bad does not help you spread kindness and love and generosity throughout the world, it's time to let it go. So if we're going to let go of feeling bad, what we're going to allow in or allow room for is a sense of worthiness. Are you worthy of love, belonging, acceptance, joy, health, abundance, all good things? And for a lot of people, that feels unfamiliar or uncomfortable. So I want you to do this for me. I want you to imagine right now that you are in a hospital in the nursery. Maybe there's a NICU with, maybe it's an old-fashioned hospital where you've got one room with all these little bassinets lined up and all these little babies wrapped in their little pink and blue blankets. Do you think they don't do pink and blue anymore? (laughs) Wrapped in all their gender-neutral blankets. Okay, you've got these little green hats and these little orange blankies. And all these babies are in bassinets. And you're looking in the window at them. And some of them are asleep and some of them are crying. And some of them have eyes open and are staring at the world. And some of them have dark skin and some have light skin. And some of them may have some problems. And they're in need of extra care. And some of them look pink and pudgy and healthy and happy. And you're looking at all these babies in these bassinets. And you're going to say, yeah, that the one on the end there, in the second row, that one in the uh, yellow blanket, yeah, that one, she's not as worthy as all the other babies. She doesn't deserve health happiness, joy, belonging. Yeah, that one there in the second row, she hasn't earned it. She's not good enough. Can you see how inappropriate it is for us humans to judge that? You can feel, it feels wrong. Our worthiness our, our deserving of love, joy, happiness, wealth, health, it is not up for grabs. Every baby in that nursery is worthy of everything good in life. It doesn't matter what their skin color is or what their gender is or what problems they might have if they have a disability or they came into the world with some challenges. Everybody is worthy of the same amounts of love and peace and happiness and success. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to work for it. You could take a baby 
and toss it in a dumpster and completely abandon and neglect it. And that baby in the dumpster is still deserving and worthy of the same amount of love, joy, peace, belonging, happiness. So can you let go of the idea that you are not worthy of all the good things in life? Just because you are you, you have blood in your body, that makes you worthy. It does not matter how much time and effort you put in and working hard. It doesn't matter if you do everything right or you do a lot of things wrong. It doesn't matter if you make mistakes. You are worthy of love and belonging and peace and happiness and health and wealth and joy and abundance. So let's put that big heart to good use. Next time you catch yourself feeling bad, I want you to ask yourself these questions. What emotion does the world need more of? Does the world need more blame and guilt? Or does it need more forgiveness and kindness? Does the world need more suffering or more happiness? Does the world need more thoughtful, empathic women playing small? Or does it need thoughtful, empathic women playing big? Does it need thoughtful, empathic women to speak louder and to demonstrate love through actions, not by feeling bad for others? So commit to your values. Believe you are worthy and deserving of all the good things. And be the change that you want to see in the world. Start to practice believing that you are worthy and get comfortable with positive emotions. Okay, so today's super bum kryptonite, besides feeling bad all the time about everything, which is a huge kryptonite, is not knowing what your values are, right? So I talked about people can poke you when their values are different than yours. Well, sometimes they poke you when their values are the same as yours or you're you're not living in your own integrity. And like someone says, let's say for me, I'll use an example, like I am a big um, environmentalist. I love the planet. I love nature. I love the environment. I believe we are stewards of this earth. It's my job to do it, to take care of them. But let's say somebody points out the fact um, that I just, I'm wearing some fast fashion and that's polluting the planet. And I feel it like a poke, like, oh, sometimes that can mean because I agree with them that I am not living in integrity with my own values. Or sometimes it can be, I disagree with them and they're just imparting their values on me and I feel okay about mine. So either way, that poke can be because you're out of integrity or you just have different values. But I think knowing what your values are is super helpful. And sometimes it's clear that you value love over fear. But through the process of raising kids, sometimes our values can get murky. 
Should I send my kids to sleepaway camp, even though the other parents aren't? What's the right thing to do? I don't know. I don't know what my values are. I get confused. Does my introverted kid need more social activities or is it okay for him to spend so much time at home where he's happy, right? Like, I'm not sure. I get confused. Should I push? Should I encourage? Should I arrange? Or should I just let be? So when we don't know what our values are, it can kind of spin us around inside our head getting us really confused and draining our energy. So for example, I'm struggling right now with my values around underage drinking. I would have been content to just do what my parents did and say, no drinking until you're 21. That's the law. Everyone agrees. Easy peasy. The problem is since my kids have turned into adults, 18, we have traveled internationally where there's different drinking ages. So When I was in Costa Rica and someone offered my son a drink, he said yes. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I don't have a say in the matter. Like, he's an adult. The drinking age is 18. They're paying for it. It wasn't even like, I couldn't even say like, well, I'm not going to pay you for it. Whatever. It was like so strange that this decision was like taken out of my hands. But in a way, I was like, okay, fine. It's out of my hands. I don't have to think about it. My values don't come into play here. So then when we're in Europe, I'm letting loose. I buy drinks for my kids. I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong because that's the drinking age in Europe, right? The other people their ages are having alcohol. And so it seems sort of normal. But then we come back to the USA and I get all up in my head and I'm confused because now it does feel like the decisions on my shoulders to either obey the law or disobey the law. And so I've got competing values and no one else in my family is clinging to the arbitrary 21-year-old drinking age in the U.S. (laughs) So my husband's offering to make cocktails for my kids. And I'm like, wait, what? No, they don't do that. So not knowing what my values are make it harder for me to kind of relax and enjoy because my brain is like spinning in these directions. So life's always going to throw us curveballs, even when your children are adults. And they're going to, it's going to force us to update our values. So taking the time to unpack it and figure out what your values are, it's totally worth it every single time. So here's my suggestion to help you clarify what are my values. The first question is, why is this bugging me? Am I doing a projection reflection? So in this case with the drinking, yes, (laughs) I am imagining people thinking I'm a bad mom for allowing slash encouraging my kids to drink alcohol. So I'm imagining that other people are having a negative judgment of me and then feeling the reaction to that. I'm imagining that my kid's developing a drinking problem and the mean things I'm going to say to myself in the future. Okay, so I'm futurizing and catastrophizing and then imagining the beating I'm going to give myself saying it was my fault because I poured them a drink at 19 instead of 21 and therefore this whole downward spiral is all on me. (laughs) Okay, so this is the projection reflection. I'm projecting onto somebody else and I'm suffering the consequences. I'm projecting into the future and I'm suffering the consequences now. So that's why it's bugging me. Next question, am I being poked by someone else's values disagreeing with mine? 
And the answer is yes. I've been poked by my kids and my husband having different opinions than me. But I think I'm also poked by my parents' values or other people's, other parents that have sort of uh, faceless, (laughs) you know, just like other people in general, imagining that they are thinking I'm not making the right decision. So I'm feeling pokes from real people in my life as well as imaginary people. Next question. What is the value that is important to me that I don't want to let go of? Because sometimes I think we fight to change because there's something in that for us that we don't want to let go of. And so in this case, I don't want to let go of my value of a healthy, balanced lifestyle. Like I don't want drinking to be like the main activity every time I get together with my adult children. I want to make sure that we all are living a balanced, healthy lifestyle. And then the next question, what am I ready to let go of? The belief that I'm a bad mom for not obeying this U.S. law while on U.S. soil. That's what I'm ready to let go of. So these questions are in the show notes. Uh, Why is it bugging me? Am I doing a projection reflection? Am I being poked? Uh, What is the value that I don't want to let go of? And what am I ready to let go of? Those are really good questions. So write them down or go to the show notes at uh, lifecoachingforparents.com slash 152 so that if you're confused about what are my values and where do I stand, then you can ask yourself those questions in your your journal. So I, I think it's really helpful to get clear on your values so that you can feel more energized, more peaceful, and more present in your life. Today's Supermom Power Boost is a slice of shifting stillness. (laughs) I believe that we have all the parenting answers we will ever need, but in the chaos of everyday life, it can be hard to access our inner wisdom. We've got other people's opinions coming at us in all directions, whether that's in our parents, our kids, the media, social media, uh, podcasts, it's just coming at us from all directions. And sometimes it blocks us from being able to hear our own answers. So meditation is the gold standard for stillness, but it's not always easy for busy moms. Sometimes the idea of sitting still and just watching our thoughts and letting them come and go is so challenging that it's not accessible. But that's okay. You can still access your inner wisdom while moving. So I suggest asking yourself a high quality question like, what am I ready to let go of? Or what value is important to me that I don't want to let go of? Some of the ones we just mentioned. Pop a question in your brain and then let it go. Go for a hike, go for a drive, a bike ride. Some kind of repetitive movement can help you sit in the stillness and allow those answers to come from within. So if it's some kind of like repetitive movement or something where your mind can wander, it's really about the left brain going offline so that the right brain can pop pop online, okay? So sometimes this can be facilitated by movement. Go fly a kite. Bake a cake, get a massage, doodle, walk a labyrinth. 
It doesn't have to be exercise. It's just a slice of shifting stillness that will distract your left brain long enough so that you can access the inner wisdom that lies on the right hemisphere of your brain. Today's quote of the day is from Orly Oslander. She wrote a book, coincidentally, called I Feel Bad, all day, every day, about everything. And it was actually turned into a, a TV show, like a sitcom that lasted maybe just a season or two. But she writes, given that I am both female and Jewish, feeling bad was a ubiquitous part of growing up. I was quite used to it and didn't really give it much thought. After all, I was born and raised in the United Kingdom where we apologize incessantly for everything except raping and pillaging other countries. For a long time, I talked it up to having Middle Eastern parents. So looking for a way to diffuse these feelings, I began keeping a tiny black I feel bad notebook around to jot down the times I felt bad, mostly as an experiment to see how many times a day the bad feelings arose. Thank you, cognitive behavioral therapy. I very quickly realized that the few times a day was actually all the time. No matter what I was doing, my derogatory, critical, bitchy self would start pointing out what I was doing wrong and why I was such a shitty person. The list grew longer and longer and longer. Then something interesting happened. The more I pulled out my notebook, the louder became my long dormant sweet and tender rational side. I started to illustrate some of the feel bads on my list, hoping to laugh at myself. So she started to draw pictures. And the sense of relief during the 45 minutes a day of drawing became a much needed, though brief escape from the prison of my guilt-drenched brain. And these pictures, these illustrations, she started drawing and all the things that she felt bad about became a book, which then became a TV show. And it's a great, I just feel like it's a great example of how life coaching works is because once you start observing it and noticing it and writing it down, first of all, it takes it out of your brain and onto paper and therefore gives you a little space. And then it enhances the kind part of your brain that's actually nice to you because you have the ability to separate out from it and not believe every word that it's saying. And it sort of grows this other part of your brain that can become the observer where then you get to choose. Do I want to feel bad or do I want to feel good? So I just thought that was a really great uh, introduction to her book called I Feel Bad. All right, super moms, I hope that you feel better after today's podcast about feeling bad. I hope that it gave you, at least if you didn't feel better, at least a sense of like companionship and solidarity in that constant guilty feelings that some of us were uh, raised with. And I hope that you can uh, go, go through into the rest of your day feeling worthy and deserving of all the most wonderful things in life because you are and you always have been. I will love you and leave you. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.